Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His words so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. No person can have this consumer mentality. What's in it for me? No, how do we follow Jesus then? Since he's not here, when the disciples were alive, they actually physically followed Jesus. Today, when you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit, God, the third person of the Trinity, came to live in you. You have God in you. So the Holy Spirit teaches us the word, guides us in every step we take. It gives direction in every decision that we're making. He's at work making us like Jesus. Jesus told people who listened to his teaching to come and follow me. He didn't tell us to sit there and listen to my teachings and do nothing. He told us to follow him. That means to deny yourself, serve others first, commit to take up your cross and commit to follow Jesus daily, 24-7, not just Sundays. The greatest barrier to following Jesus Christ is self. Following Jesus is a call to die and yet a call to really live. Will you sit on the sidelines waiting for the end of the game? Or will you jump in and be a part of God's family? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 17, with his continuing study entitled, The One Thing God Wants Me to Do. The first thing Jesus did when he came, we see it in the book of Mark. He came and he took over for John the Baptist. And Jesus said these words, repent and be born again. You have to repent and be born again. But see, that just makes us Christians. That's a convert. We get started. And then Jesus said, no, there's, there's more to that. There, there's not, that, that. That's not it. There's more to this. And look at the 11 words Jesus spoke. He says this, come follow me, Jesus said, and I, I will make you fishers of men. He was saying here, here's one thing God wants you to do. If you want to be effective in the world for God, if you want to make a difference and change your world, if you want to find hopeless and helpless people, if you want to expand the kingdom of God, there's one thing you need to do. So everybody just put your finger up this morning. There's one, how many things? One thing. And here's what it is. Take a look right here, right here. One thing to do. What is it? Say it with me. Follow Jesus. Pastor Mark, I know that. I'm a follower of Jesus. Are you? See, we use that term very loosely. Can I challenge you this morning as I've been challenged? Many people say they're a follower of Jesus, but they're not a follower of Jesus because they don't even understand what that means. Now, Jesus made that statement, and later he expanded it, and he's going to actually say to us this morning, if you're going to call yourself a follower of Jesus, by the way, 
there's three things that you have to continue to do. If you don't do these, you can call yourself anything you want, but you're not going to be effective. So there's only one thing, and it's to follow Jesus. But what does that look like? So turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. You're close by. Just one book to the left. Matthew 16, verse 24. Jesus was speaking. He says this in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, here's the way I want to approach that this morning. You leave this afternoon. You go to work. Maybe you go to see the movie God Not Dead. And you have an opportunity to talk to somebody tomorrow at work or this afternoon in the neighborhood. And they say to you, well, where have you been? Oh, well, I went to see this movie, God Not Dead. What, what did your pastor talk about in church this weekend? I know you go to church every week. I see you driving out. You're crazy. But what, what did your pastor talk about? Well, he said that we need to learn what it means to follow Jesus. Really? What does that mean? Jesus isn't here. I mean, he died and went to heaven. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What would you say? And then the next question from them would be this. Well, if I follow Jesus, is it going to cost me? What would you say? Oh, no, it doesn't cost you at all. Perfect health, every job, parking place, no matter where you go, it's fantastic. (laughs) Really? Here's another question eventually they'll ask you. Well, what if I don't follow Jesus? Will it cost me? How would you respond to that? A smart answer? Or like the man in the boat, man, I need to do something about this. Well, we're going to learn why Jesus was saying these things. If anybody should be able to explain what it means to follow Jesus, it's those of us that follow Jesus. So let's take a look. Number one, what does Jesus say? Here it is. Write it down. All of our campuses do commit to deny yourself. You see, the world says we're to love ourselves, pamper ourselves, indulge ourselves. Make sure you numero uno. Get in front of the line. Don't let anybody get a hold of you. But Jesus said, whoa, 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 just the opposite. Quit living for self. Quit making yourself, number one, and make God number one. Jesus says to those who want to follow him, you can no longer live independently and decide the direction of your lives. You're to submit and follow God because wherever he leads, it simply makes sense Because you're not all-knowing, and God is. So the greatest barrier to following Jesus Christ is me. Is it going to cost me if I follow Jesus? Yes, it is. I have to give up my desires, my direction, and I do what God asks me to do. Now, when I make God number one, what does that mean? Let me give you a little illustration. I think it makes sense. This is going to be the center of your life. This is going to be the center of your life. Who is directing your life? If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, who is directing your life? Who's in the center of your life? What do you revolve around? Now, it's not a church. It's not a person. Jesus said, follow me. So we sing a song here at church. I'll give you the whole way it goes. It goes like this. Mark... Be the center of my life. 
Mark, be the center of my life. It's exciting and it's new. I could go on and on. Is that the way we sing it here? How do we sing it here? Jesus, be the... All right, a little Sela moment. All our campuses, a little Sela moment. Meaning just stop and think. Is God the center of your life this morning? No quick answers. I don't need a quick answer. In every decision that you make, do you run it by God first? Do you run it by God first? Well, no, Pastor Mark. I mean, I don't need to ask God a lot about a lot of things. No, not to tie your shoes. No, not what to fix for dinner. But I mean, in the things of life. See, if he's going to be the center, he's going to be the center. So Jesus said, the first thing you're going to do if you follow me, you can't follow me unless you put me in front. Be number one. Now we move on. Here we go. Number two, do commit to take up your cross. Now, in Jesus' day, that meant something very different than us. Today, cross is something we wear around us, a little jewelry. In those days, in the, with the Romans ruling Israel, they just walked down the street. There was crosses every town, everywhere. People have been crucified. So it's a very different thing. You know that every disciple, every apostle of the 12, well, Judas died, of course, the, the other 10, except for John, all were martyred. So when Jesus said, you got to take up your cross, they knew what that meant. Well, what does it mean to us today? Most of us here will never die for our faith as far as being martyred. Now, there's plenty of Christians that still are. When I told you in, in Egypt, many of the Christians today are being burned out by the Muslims and murdered, churches killed, houses destroyed by the hundreds. This morning, as I speak, still happening. India, same. So what, is, what does the cross mean to me? Watch me. This is my will, and this is Jesus' will. God's will wins. God wants me to do this. I want to do this. If I'm following him, I follow him because he's the center. It's that simple. And what is that decision like? Who I marry, where I work, where I live, what I do with my finances, what kind of mission trip I go. Pastor Mark, uh, do you have a mission trip that's three days to the Bahamas on a cruise ship? (laughs) Where do I sign up for that right now? (laughs) No, you do that on your vacation. A A mission's a different thing. So understand, that's not difficult for us, really. The longer you serve God, these practical decisions, who to marry, what car to buy, the next thing, all those kind of things, we simply do God's will no matter what. Why? Because it makes sense to us. The longer you serve God, the more you'll discover that his will is the absolute best thing for you ever. And it continues to be that way. It's always right for me and for you. If you're struggling with that, don't struggle. He knows things you don't know. Last, look at Matthew 16, 24, and I want you to circle this as we go through. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if, what is if for? Circle if, what's that mean? It's a choice. It's a choice. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and here's our point number three. Do commit to follow Jesus daily, 24 Seven. Twenty-four, seven. Now, what do I mean by that? If I'm going to follow somebody, a natural thing, 
If somebody's going to take me to a, and I say to them, I'm in a a town and and I can't find it, I don't have my phone with me or for whatever reason, I don't have Google directions or whatever. By the way, if you use Google directions to get somewhere, what do you do? Take a look at these words. Let's put this up here again, would you? We, We trust Google. Am I right? Now you might say, that's a stupid way to take me, but we trust Google. So we follow Google. If you're going to follow God, you have to trust him. He knows. By the way, he's never wrong. Google is wrong. God is never wrong. And we have to have an obedience. We just don't listen to it. Well, I'll do my own thing. No. And that's an ongoing commitment that needs to be there. So what does it really look like to follow someone? I, I, want, you, I want to show you this this morning. What does it really look like to follow someone? Well, in the original language, to follow means to walk the same path. We're doing life with God. We're doing life with God. So let me show you how some people think it is. Just picture Jesus in front of me, okay? And uh, I'm walking with him, and we're just having a great time walking. And Jesus says, I'm going to turn left over here. And I say, oh, really? And so Jesus goes that way, and he looks back, and he says, well, where are you going? I'll catch up with you when I need you. There's no question. I'll be in touch. Do you know that the majority of people in church... That's exactly what happens in about 16 minutes. We're done with church. It's been nice, Pastor Mark. Pretty cool with that cat, baby. See ya. What are you? Oh, I'm a follower of Jesus. Really? He's nowhere around. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? When the disciples got up every morning... They just follow Jesus. You say, well, that can't happen today. Oh, yes, it can. So following Jesus simply means following Jesus. You can't follow Jesus part-time. No person can have this consumer mentality. What's in it for me? No. How do we follow Jesus then? Since he's not here, when the disciples were alive, they actually physically followed Jesus. Today... When you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit, God, the third person of the Trinity, came to live in you. You have God in you. So the Holy Spirit teaches us the word, guides us in every step we take. It gives direction in every decision that we're making. He's at work making us like Jesus. So would you write this down? This is how we follow. It's not something we do part-time. It's 24-7. We follow Jesus by his words, just as the disciples did. But the word is written today. It's the word of God. It's a light to my path, and it just shows me how to live. Second, we follow by his examples. We're reading this morning James, who says, you need to be different than the world. Well, he heard that from Jesus. He heard that from Jesus. And number three, the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says, followers of Christ will be led by God. So when I need direction in every area of my life, I go to prayer and ask God to give me that direction. Now, let me say this to you. We have a little puppy, well, she's two years old now, called Kimmy. And uh, I can take Kimmy outside, and she'll follow my instructions. She's pretty good for me. She likes worms, so she'll eat dead worms, live worms, whatever. I'm always constantly, get away from there, you dumb dog, whatever. And we're having a great time together. Well, my wife, she's really my wife's dog. She didn't look for me in the morning except to let her out, and she goes right to the door. Where's my mother? And on her lap she goes, okay? She's hers, but she can't control her. So she's got to 
uh, a leash. So when she goes out, she has to control her. Now, is this the way you think? This is you, and this is God. Come on, Mark. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Lord. I'm pl- Come on. We're going this way. Come on. That's why Jesus said, if. Jesus is not going to put a leash on you and pull you into the will of God. You have to want to follow. Not because you, well, Pastor Mark, thank you. You ruined my week. I have to follow God. (laughs) Forget it. It will do you no good because that will last about 20 minutes until you're out of here. If you don't believe that following Jesus is the best lifestyle, you will never do it. And that's why we have all these people that call themselves Christ followers. Part-time. Well, when it comes to when the rubber hits the road, oh, no, 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 no. Now, I go so far with God. Careful. It's going to ruin your life. Now, I wish that was the end of the teaching because pretty positive, really. But Jesus doesn't end it there. This is the same context, same words, same sequence. Notice what Jesus says next. You can understand why he's saying this. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. That's like totally weird. I wrote it like this. Following Jesus is a call to die, and yet a call to really live. What he was saying to his followers was this. Look, it's going to cost you to follow me, but it's going to cost you a lot more not to follow me. You see, if we try to keep our lives by doing our thing, soon we will discover that we never really enjoyed life. Because there's no purpose, there's no meaning, there's no peace, there's no joy outside the will of God. The only place where there's really meaning to life is following Jesus. He didn't give an alternative. He just said, follow me. It's your choice. And many people try to do life without God, And it ends up being a disaster, just as he said. But if I follow Jesus, I get peace, and I get purpose, and I get joy and fulfillment. Look at at this verse again. If you try to keep your life, what does that mean? I make myself number one. What am I going to do? I'm going to lose my life. Now, what does that mean in the real context? It means this. You're going to lose your life here because you'll never have satisfaction and purpose. One day a rich young ruler came to Jesus, asked him, what do I do to find eternal life? Jesus said to him, well, the thing that's keeping you from doing it is your money. He didn't say that to everybody. It was just this guy. And Jesus said, get rid of your money, come and follow me. And the rich young ruler walked away sad. See, he missed life, and he missed eternal life. See, if you don't follow Jesus, you will never go to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. To heaven. You can't get there your own way. Impossible. But then he says this. Look at the second part of this verse. This is huge for us. But if you give up your life for for Calvary Chapel, no. If you give up your life for me, you will find true life. Here's what I want to challenge you with. Sometimes we come to church on a weekend, 
the weekend should be a big deal for us. Because this is where we celebrate together. And I want you to be praying for our weekend services. And again, Wednesday night and all the others, the small groups here. But this should be a celebration. Amen? I mean, we're here. We're here celebrating because we found life. And the world's searching for it. It shouldn't be, oh, I got to get into the service. No, we, and you guys do good at it. I just want to challenge you. This should be a celebration every weekend. And we walk out of here and go to the restaurant. What happened to you? Man, I just got back from church. It was fantastic. Really? That should be the normal thing. I'm serious. As you go to the parking lot today, how about putting a smile on all your campuses? Yeah, it was great. The policeman will just drop over as they watch you leave. <laughs> now, some of you are going to say, I'd like to do what Jesus asked me to do, but I'm not sure I can do it. Well, let me give you a verse. Notice this verse. By his divine power, not yours, not mine, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Whatever God calls you to do, he's going to equip you to do it. Danita, by herself, started the mission in Haiti. These ladies that I told you this morning in Africa, they started that by themselves, and God just expanded it. You know this, but they don't need it. But if I said to you this morning, they need $20,000 to take care of 100,000 people for those sanity kits, it wouldn't be before we finish the service that that would be taken care of. But they don't need that. But God's going to call you to something that he needs you to do. When he calls you, he's going to equip you. He's going to do new things. This is not something for me hyping you self-promotion. God said he's going to do a new thing in you and a new thing in me. Believe it, expect it, watch it, get outside of yourself, and let's follow Jesus as he designed us to do. Now, I want to say one more thing, and then we're closing. The greatest invitation that God ever gave, he's giving to many of you this morning. What's that invitation? Here it is. This is the invitation because you're not yet a follower of Jesus Christ. Look at this verse again. This is the invitation of God to you. Come, follow me. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, Jesus isn't saying that. Oh, no, no. Revelation says this. He's at the door of your heart right now this morning. And what's his invitation? The same as it was 2,000 years ago. Come and follow me. I'll take care of all the rest. At our campuses, some of you are not followers of Jesus. This is a day to give up your life and gain it. This is a day to get rid of your sin and get a new start. You can't arrange that. God's already got it covered. You need forgiveness? He's got it. You need hope? It's yours. You need total, absolute peace? He is the Prince of Peace. So what is that one thing God wants you to do? Pastor Mark told us that it's simply to follow Jesus. That's it. You may say that's easy. Is it? Pastor Mark gave us three things we must do to follow Jesus. One, commit to denying yourself and putting others first. Two, commit to take up your cross, God's will over your own will. And three, commit to following Jesus 24-7. Follow His words, His example, and listen to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're listening right now, and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. The world is full of judgmental people. We judge people and form opinions by the way people look, the clothes they wear, the jobs they have, or their education. James will tell us that we shouldn't show favoritism to anyone. All of us are created equal in the eyes of God. All of us deserve to hear and know about the loving grace and mercy of God. No matter your background or what you've done, God wants you to be a part of His family. Well, we've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing in the book of James. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Hear your